extra time. Hello, a bit Spursy listeners, and welcome to our first sort of mini episode, uh, which we're calling Extra Time. So uh, basically what we want to do here is be able to address the issues that come up in between our longer full-length episodes and uh, sort of package them up in a little bite-sized format. So we, we basically get to chat about them and then it doesn't end up being too long before they make it onto our main podcast. Uh, there's been a few things that's happened this week, which I guess has also kind of uh, been the inspiration to start doing this. The first thing is a bit of a furor around signing Decky. Now, the, the Levy out crowd has been quite vocal in a lot of ways for this, where we've seen a lot of criticism towards our negotiation with Juventus. Uh, and that has ended up being successful and we've knocked off 5 million euros from the you know original option price and it's only taken a couple of days for that to happen. So I really consider that to be a good move and a good business move, but the pushback on the other side is pretty much just bringing out a, a sort of, I guess, like an anti-Levy agenda against it and saying that it's embarrassing that we, we tried to negotiate with Juventus, we shouldn't have even considered doing that, how disgusting of us, like how what a filthy club we are and uh, questioning our morals for going back on a deal. Now, I think it's important to, to sort of clarify this, that there isn't a great amount for what this option was to buy, but it's not like there was a, a signed, sealed, delivered um, agreement saying, yep, this is what we're paying, we're paying on this date, and that's done. Uh, now we just need to transfer the money and that's it. It's like we had an option here to buy. So until that has been fully <laughs> agreed and signed off on, there is room to negotiate there. And if Juve have come to the table, have negotiated and have agreed to this, then that says something about it. So they could have very easily sat back, gone to the end of the month and thought, you know what, uh, we're just gonna wait. And if Spurs really want uh, Decky, then they can pay us the full 35 million euros and otherwise we'll, we'll sell him to someone else or we'll take him back. So they were obviously you know, up for this negotiation as well. And whether that is the fact that they needed a different payment structure or they were just happy to get him off their books for, you know, whatever price that is, we'll never know exactly what happened. But I really do think that it's kind of funny that we, we get into a situation where a lot of fans think that, you know, we're such an evil club and Daniel Levy is so evil and, you know, this is reneging on a deal and what a bad sign of business this is. And I, I really just think it's like, you know, this is a lot of money. Like saving five million on a deal like this is quite substantial and it's worth doing if we can. So, you know, this is not FIFA or FM. Like we can't just restart the save if we end up spending all our money and, and sort of making mistakes. So I'm quite happy that we've negotiated this and I really don't feel sorry for Juventus at all. I don't feel like we should have just paid them the full amount out of any any sort of i guess like you know putting them up on a pedestal or, or giving them like too much respect like we've got to remember as well they're a pretty corrupt club and our our, our beloved well previously beloved sporting uh, director fabio paratici who also criminal right now has come from there and had a lot of really suspect and shady dealings and so these things i don't think should be overlooked there's also you know over the last sort of 20 years there have been a few instances where you know, famously losing titles, relegated, whatnot. So we're not dealing with like, you know, the Mother Teresa of clubs here either. So I really don't feel any remorse that we have negotiated a better deal, which benefits us in the long run. And actually it also benefits us in the short term too, because you would assume now that we have some more money for, for future transfers, which kind of brings us onto Clement Longley 
which I think is now most of these fans who are sort of pretty upset are, are now throwing their attention towards once they've done complaining with Kulisevsky. It's it's Clement uh, Longley. And I hear the arguments for not signing him in the sense that if there were some other options in, and if we were theoretically going to buy four or five centre-backs this window, which we're not, then sure, maybe we would look at other options there. But being available for allegedly 10 mil to 15 mil, it's a pretty good price. And I think for, you know, someone who uh, does have quite a lot of experience and he is good on the ball, like sure, there are maybe some concerns about him playing in a high line and how would he play with Ange, but we know that he is at least good on the ball. And if Ange is happy to have him, then I'm happy to have him in the squad. So I, I, I think if Ange can look at it and go, you know what, I, I'm not as concerned about, you know, him not being able to play in a back four with me or, or a high line there, then I'm all for it. If, the, if he ends up being our, you know, number one centre-back signing for, this, for the transfer window, then of course... I think that would be room for concern. And I think we really should be getting in someone who's um, better than that. Like I would love us to see a sort of a big a big transfer to have, you know, a really, really sort of top-class centre-back coming in. Someone who can partner with Romero. I, I think that like Longley serves as a decent backup uh, and a decent rotation option for certain games too, where we think we may not be as exploited by a team trying to run in behind it and playing pacing wingers and trying to play it up the line and hit us on the counter. So I do think that there is a place for Longley in our squad and we can get some minutes out of him. And I just think that it would be just a tidy signing and we're not going to find anyone better for that price range, which is really pretty much dirt cheap. It's going to take us a while to sort of keep refreshing the squad and we need players. <laughs> we can't just get rid of, of all the players that everyone's shouting to get rid of, like Sanchez and now Dyer's in the firing line for a lot of people too. We need to keep some players in the squad. So I do think Clement Longley would be a really good short-term signing for that reason. And the last little tidbit, um, which is absolutely probably one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard related to Spurs, was the fact that, uh, you know, Ryan Mason was confirmed as uh, a coach as part of, you know, Postacoglu's coaching staff. It's being sort of portrayed by, again, some much smaller factions. Like, you know, the people who shout the loudest on Twitter often make more noise than what their sort of numbers actually are. So there's, you know, a small minority of people who have this view. But some people seriously seem to be attached to this idea that uh, Ryan Mason is Daniel Levy's puppet. And he's basically been uh, kept on in all these, uh, you know, coaching appointments because he's a spy and reports everything back to Levy against the managers, against the squad and everything along those sort of lines. So um, people say that, you know, the fact that Mason is staying on means that all his mates are going to stay. They're not going to be sold. It's also, yeah, that he is the inside man who, who reports everything back to Levy and just runs back to Daniel whenever there is a little tidbit that comes out. And it's frankly pretty ridiculous like he's still a young manager and this to me makes sense like he's played under two managers now who have played a much more defensive counter-attacking sort of football and now he gets the chance to to work under someone who really wants to play a more possession-based game and wants to actually have the football wants to attack and I think it re really represents like a different part of his sort of education and his development it's really kind of interesting that some people have like criticized his appointment but then also criticized the fact that he doesn't want to leave as meaning that he lacks ambition and then that just fits with the ambition of the club and everything like that but again he's not that old he's younger than any premier league manager by a, quite a way and i think that maybe 
after he spent some time with Ange, like that could be the time where then he decides to go off. Uh, I think he'd struggle to get a top flight club after that, but poss possibly something in League One or the Championship. But by all accounts, he's a very promising young manager uh, or young coach. And I think that it's smart for him to take the time to still stick around for at least another couple of years and learn a different philosophy, a different system. And it'll just be interesting because I wonder how much of Mason's philosophy comes from how he inherently wants his teams to play versus how the previous managers have wanted our teams to play. So I, I wonder if this more attacking brand actually lines up a lot more with what Mason might want to do as more of a progressive way of playing, which means that, you know, he might be actually quite excited to be working under Postacoglu. But at the end of the day, I really don't think he's leaving his puppet or his uh, Daniel Levy spy. Although it would be quite funny if in sort of five, 10 years, a big expose comes out and it turns out that I was wrong about this whole thing. And uh, Ryan Mason was, was Levy's inside man and was bringing down the club and holding us back like people are suggesting. So yeah, I think I'm very happy with Bates' appointment and I think that works really well under Ange. And yeah, the uh, the other thing that is really important here too is that we know for a fact that Postacoglu, he likes the club that he's going to to retain some of their coaching staff because they have uh, you know, a better idea possibly about the, the, the squad that's already there, the league that they're in. And also it allows Ange to kind of sort of constantly evolve and adapt his game. Whereas if he's just working with one team the whole time through his career and he's been managing a long time, there's every chance that he would not have uh, adapted the way that he plays. And we have seen a, quite a bit of adaptation over the, you know, the last decade from that. So I think it's really smart with Ange and I love the fact that he does that. He goes into these situations and he's like, you know what? I don't know better than anyone else. There are things that it would really be helpful for me to be able to learn from from people who have been around the club and in the league previously. So I'd like to keep parts of this coaching staff in, in place and not just come in and upend everything. Ryan Mason is your spy? I don't think so. Um, but I was gonna say time will tell, but it's so ridiculous. It's so stupid. There's no way that uh, Mason is, is Daniel Levy's puppet here. He's not reporting back to him. Um, and I think, yeah. Ultimately, I'm just looking forward to Ange getting started and hopefully for us, uh, you know, bring in a couple of players in the next few weeks. So that was the first uh, little extra time um, episode uh, that we're putting out. So yeah, well, I'm not sure exactly on the frequency that these will happen, but uh, possibly at least sort of, you know, once or twice a week, uh, we'll try and keep up to date on some of the things that are going down uh, in Spurs land. So uh, I've been Dan and come on you Spurs. It's Spursy Extra Time.